Let's get it. What's up? What's up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. How are you? I'm good, man. I love to hear that. I am extra, extra good today because it is the official release of the Memphis Grizzlies 2022-2023 NBA schedule. There's so many exciting games to get to. Um, Coop, I'm going to let you kip, kick this thing off and tell what popped off the schedule to you most. To be honest with you, it's a difficult schedule. That's what popped out to me the most. Um, we wanted the smoke and we got it. We have a total of 28 uh, nationally televised games, including NBA TV, TNT, ABC, and ESPN. That's awesome for a team that went from seven to now 28. That's quadruple the amount of like national attention. And what comes with national attention games is really damn good opponents. Um, so the thing that popped off the most to me was, A, we're playing on TV a lot, like national TV a lot, which is awesome. I'm so happy that these guys are getting the recognition that they deserve and they're getting the national attention. But what comes with that is a price, and that price is you're playing a lot. Like it's a, it, it feels like a really tough schedule because I feel like a lot of the ESPN games are on the road uh, at home or against like the Warriors at home or for them, Warriors, or Grizz at Warriors, um, Grizz at Phoenix, Grizz at Mavericks, Grizz at Lakers, Grizz at Celtics, Grizz at 76ers. I mean, just the list goes on and on. It, it definitely felt like a tougher schedule the first glance I had at it. But what are your first thoughts? Mm -hmm. Mine were the same, too. I'm super excited about all the nationally televised games. Uh, there's 18 of those, all on ESPN, TNT, and ABC. And if like you, you texted me this earlier today. If you add the NBA TV games to it, then that's 28. So we're going to be on television quite a bit. Um, the home opener is October 19th on national TV against the New York Knicks. It's not the best opponent in the world, but it is prime time. And there's going to be yeah. a lot of eyes on that game. And we're going to be without Jaron Jackson. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, the, the first eight games that we have six of them are on the road so it's a tough start without Jaron especially um of course our first matchup with Minnesota is nationally televised as well because I mean there, there was a lot of chatter in that along with the Warriors on Christmas we'll we'll have a whole segment for that later in the pod but um yeah man I'm just I'm super excited uh, there's a lot I love how the NBA has now looking at the schedule there's a lot of like um like San Antonio fly in and play us twice. We'll fly to San Antonio and play them twice. Like, I like how they're like putting it like how baseball is. You have a series on the weekend, you know, we will have two yeah. games in three days against whatever team you want to, you know, fill in the blank with. But I, I kind of like how the NBA's moved to that for sure. Facts. I saw that we do that with the jazz a few times, um, which I'm cool with that. Cause that's, I'll take two of the jazz versus like two of the warriors back to back. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But like, um, I do. I do agree. I, I like how they're doing that. It's a, it's a fun little twist to kind of like switch up the schedule. I mean, because you're going to play the teams, some of the teams four times anyways, mm. having them back to back like that. That's not a bad thing, especially because like you mentioned, six of eight on the road, the first few games, there's a there's a few tough road stretches for this team. Um, I think the longest one, six or seven games um, against not very easy opponents. Um mm -hmm. It's it's gonna be the first definitely the first few games with having six to eight on the road without Jaron, um, who all the reports I'm seeing are positive reports for him. It looks like he's picked up a basketball and he's doing some uh, on court workouts again, which already makes me 
way more optimistic than I was when it first came out. So that's huge news. Um, but that the first stretch of games without him is going to be difficult because we do have a few uh, opponents on there that are going to have some length that we can definitely use him for. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you've alluded to how tough the schedule is because um, Rob Fisher, he posted his uh, kind of notes along with the schedule today. So we're kind of basing this podcast off that. Shout out to Rob Fisher, the sideline reporter for the Grizz. But he put at the bottom, we have 25 games in the last 46 days of the season. We have 12 back-to-backs. Um, we do have a five-game road trip. And he really highlighted this five-game stretch around Christmas. It starts on the 20th and ends on the 29th. On December 20th, we play Denver at Denver, Phoenix at Phoenix, and then, of course, on Christmas in primetime against the defending world champ, Golden State Warriors. Then we fly back home in two days and play the Phoenix Suns again, and then we go up to Toronto two days later and play the Raptors there. So that's going to be a really tough five-game stand. But, you know, like you said, we wanted the smoke, and we got it. Yeah, no. This is literally best case scenario for the Grizzlies. The best case scenario for the fans is best case scenario all around. Mm-hmm. We we wanted to prove that last year was not a fluke. One, yes. we wanted to prove that we don't we're not scared of a single team in the NBA. We will go in your home court and we will take what we want from you. And we're gonna go in and we're gonna play the regular season like it's the NBA finals. This yes. team goes in and plays every single game as if it was the playoffs. They want everything. They don't want to quit. And you're getting the opportunity to show that. You're Mm -hmm. getting the opportunity to prove that everything you said for the last 12 months, we'll we'll, we'll go back even that far. You're getting the opportunity that you wanted. I mean, literally, it was funny. Like, when we just had the Christmas Day game uh, announced, Draymond said, you got what you want. Your your voice was turd, young buck, or whatever. And then Josh said – we're going to roll up and and all that stuff. And they had their Twitter battle thing or not even really battle. Cause they're kind of friendly now, but uh, it's crazy. Cause like just that one game, he was saying, Ja, you got what you wanted. And then you look at the schedule and you're like, Ja got what he wanted. Cause everything we've been talking, all the smack talk, all the, this, that, and the other, it's on a paper now. Like it's on an 82 game schedule now. And I'm super, super excited as a fan. I agree. Let's let's talk about that elephant in the room. We we got what we wanted on Christmas. We're headlining Christmas. I was watching uh, the great guys at Through the Wire through uh, that's from Bleach Report, Kenny Beecham, um, and all those guys that they have an incredible NBA pod. But they were talking about these Christmas games, and they said they would rather have this Grizzlies Warriors game than a Finals rematch between Boston and Golden State. They went as far as to call it a rivalry. And this is not, you know, their homerism because they're not Grizzly fans at all. They could care less about yeah. us. But they know it's a rivalry. We put the world on notice in the playoffs because if you ask a lot of people, we played them harder and tougher than anybody else did. And that's including the Celtics. And that's without our best player for th- half the series who averaged yeah. 36 against them. So I think the Christmas game is going to be very very interesting. I was telling Trey when we we're talking about the Christmas games a couple pods ago that I pray to God we have Jaron Jackson back because that would be huge. If we don't have him, I don't I don't know if there's any shot we beat Steph Curry and all those guys on national TV on Christmas. How do you feel about that? I, I've already I kind of hinted at it earlier uh, mm-hmm. that Jaron's already doing on court work, which is making me really optimistic, dude. Yes. 
I'm I'm going as crazy to say that I do think Jaron might be back into November, early December. I agree. Uh, I, I'm I'm. It's kind of wild for me to say that, especially with how much I've been preaching. The Grizzlies are not going to force somebody back. They're not going to rush them back. They have all the time in the world. He's one of their key cornerstones to this franchise. They're going to take as much time as necessary. Exactly. But I'm going to be honest with you. I think Jaron has attacked this injury and has said, I- I'm going to be here. Like, I, I got to keep playing to keep getting better because my ceiling's still nowhere near reached. And so I do think he's attacking this very differently. Um, he's continued to stay in shape. He's continued to work out. He's continued to go hard. I mean, when I saw the video of him running in water, I was like, that's harder than running on a dang basketball court. Like, Absolutely. that's put – like." He's going really hard in this rehab, so I think he will be back for that Christmas Day game. And I could be really wrong, and I'll be the first to admit it. You know that. But I, I do think it's going to be a difficult Christmas Day game on national television, especially with kind of how brutal uh, our schedule can be at certain places. But I am super excited for that Christmas Day game. And, I, yes, I'm a little more biased towards the Grizz, but I would have personally rather had a Grizz versus Warriors matchup than a Celtics versus Warriors matchup. Absolutely. Um, because I just think it's a more fun matchup. Like, yes, the Celtics are an awesome team and the Warriors are an awesome team, but two awesome teams don't necessarily make an awesome game if you don't match up as well as we match up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, just I, I, like you said, I mean, we played them the best in the playoffs without our best player. Um, mm-hmm. We literally – I don't think we had our starting five playing together of Ja, Bain, Dylan, Jaron, and Steven play a single game, a single second mm-hmm. against them in that series Mm because Steven of course missed the first two games with COVID Uh, Dylan of course got suspended for a game Ja of course missed the final uh, three games of the series so like we didn't even get to play them with how we would normally play them so like I'm super excited and if I remember correctly I want to say we play them uh, four times and I want to say all four televised so like um, and the Timberwolves there's a few of those that are televised so the league definitely noticed uh, just from two playoff series of the Grizz that they needed to have those games uh, on TV because they were entertaining as a mug. Exactly. And the NFL has three games on Christmas, which is a real bummer for the NBA as a whole. But at the same yeah. time, when you look at Stephen Curry and you look at John Morant, this is not just a kid from Memphis talking. Those two players are the you know, most electrifying players in all of sports. They're yeah. up there in the tier of Patrick Mahomes in there with Aaron Judge and who else, whoever else you want to say in major sports, because th- this isn't me just saying this. Now, when you have national NBA podcasts picking the Grizzlies over the historic franchise of Boston on Christmas, like it- it's, it's very, very exciting. That's why I'm so excited about this schedule, man. And I just, of course, I'm selfishly looking at it from you know us being two college kids i'm i'm marking down you know san antonio on monday night on january 9th to go to because i know you and i are going to be able to sneak in there and get 10th row seats and be just as happy seeing you know devin vassell run up and down the court against john (laughs) as steph curry bro like yeah like i just i had so much fun today and like i was in class i'm gonna go ahead and tell the viewers you had texted me like yo can i call you and i was like and I called you as soon as I got it right when I got out of class today at Mississippi State. And you were like, bro, schedule's about to drop. And I was like, oh, my God. And we just we're, – we're so hyped about tonight. And that's because the Grizzlies have given us to be something, you know, given us something to be happy about. Because, you know, we're concerned about a win total. We're concerned about our seeding. 
but we have a card in our back pocket that nobody else has, and that's that's Ja. And I think he's going to have to be in scoring title contention just to keep us afloat for the first month. And I can't wait to sit on my couch, turn the TV on, and watch him every night. Exactly. We literally have must-see TV. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love how you mentioned the fact that the NFL has games on because I saw that and I was like, come on. Mm -hmm. And some of the games are kind of meh, so I don't think that's going to interfere too much. Um, But, I mean, we have must-watch TV. Like, not even just with Ja. Like, I mean, Dylan's a villain to the entire NBA. He's going to get booed every time he touches the ball in San Francisco. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Every game, and especially in San Francisco, they're going to boo the mess out of him. And then, like, even Desmond Baines kind of come into his own villain type thing. I was uh, – I didn't get to finish the whole interview, but I was listening to uh, him and J.J. Reddick's interview, and I thought it was really cool that uh, Desmond got to be on – yes. have an interview with J.J. It might be super old. I, I no, no, I know exactly but, what you're talking about. I was in the middle of last – dude, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah, I, lo- I was loving it. And uh, one of the key things – I like, like J.J. Reddick's obviously played in the back, in, in NBA world for a really long time. He was a really great sharpshooter. Uh, I remember when he got traded to the Pelicans, he told Zion, he was like, I've been in the playoffs every year. I've been in the league. Don't mess this up. Um, so getting to see Desmond kind of like playing with – or not playing with – interviewing with a guy like that, that's just awesome. And the fact that J.J. Redick literally said, you're becoming one of the best catch-and-shoot three guys or just in general three-point shooter guys. And I was like, wow. Because like that's coming from somebody who like – clearly made a career out of shooting three. Two snipers um, sitting there together. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And he was like – and it's like there's a difference between being able to shoot the three and being able to create a way to shoot the three. He was like – because you do something that, like, no other young shooting guard does in the league, and that's move off the ball as well as you do. He was like, Steph Curry, yes, moves off the ball, and everybody highlights how he moves off the ball. But the way you do it is you have a guy like John Moran and Steve Adams, who I played with, starting a high pick and roll. And when they're starting a high pick and roll, you don't want to be running around the whole thing like Seth Curry. But you see how Ja sees the floor and you know where to move to to be in the right place to catch and shoot a three. And he was like, that's an underrated talent that you have. And I thought it was just super cool that, like, Desmond Bain, a guy that's not talked about as much as, like, Ja or Jalen or Jaron, is getting talked about like that with one of the best, like, catch and shoot three guys that we've had in the last few years. And I just think it's super cool because, like, top to bottom, our team's just getting – recognition at a national level and it's just awesome to see um and i mean i already mentioned 19 or 18 total like national national tv games and then of course 28 when you bring in nba tv they're gonna get to showcase everything that we got to watch all last season and i'm so excited for it absolutely and if you're a grizzlies fan you have to check out that interview i'm so glad you watched that bro wasn't it so interesting and when like he asked him he was like des like Cause this was only, I, th- I believe they recorded that in New York. It was on a like a back to back with the Brooklyn Nets, that wasn't nationally televised. But we went up there and won, and then we did get a national TV game against the Knicks, where where we had that infamous play where it was a th- uh, job pass it to Zaire. Zaire caught it in air and lobbed it right back to John. He you know two yeah. hands slammed it. It was that. It was right before that game, and Dez said what everybody else has been saying for the longest. He was like, in summer league, they put the ball in my hands, yada, yada, yada. And that's when it all changed. Yeah. It was just cool to hear from his mouth. Oh, yeah, dude. I love listening to Desmond Bain talk basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I love listening to any of our guys talk basketball. That's a lot of bias coming out. But, I mean, 
listening to NBA guys just talk hoops is a really cool thing because, like, me and you talking hoops is a little different from because, like, we're looking at it from a spectacle perspective, but they're giving you perspective from like playing, and so it's super yeah. cool to hear the way they look at the game and the way they perceive the game, um, how they've gotten to the points where they've gotten the game, how their games are progressing, just anything you can think of. It's so cool to hear from that, and especially for me and you. I mean, some of these guys, I mean, we buy their jerseys because they're our favorite players. So getting to hear them talk it is just special. And so um, the fact that the fact that we're going to get to watch them more on a national media level and the fact that we're going to get to talk about it, I I was so excited. I literally couldn't hold it in until I I think it was 10 a.m. when I finally was like, dude, I got to call you. (laughs) And I was like, because I kept. I kept remembering, I'm like, oh, wait, the schedule comes out today. This is perfect. And then I kept getting so excited that I kept looking at my phone, and I was like, dang it, it's only like 12 o'clock. I need to get to two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I, nobody yeah. was more excited for me than uh, the schedule to race today. Oh, not at all. And we actually do have a New Year's Day game, too, even though it's against – we have a New Year's Eve one against New Orleans, which is exciting as hell because it's Zion. We do have a national TV game against him, I believe. Yeah, it's November 15th. It's our first meeting between Zion versus Ja. Once again, they're both going to be healthy, and that's going to be interesting. But we play them again on New Year's Eve and then New Year's Day, Sacramento at home, which who knows what Sacramento is going to be with De'Aaron Fox and with all the win-now moves they've made with Sabonis and uh, Kevin Kevin Herter and Malik Monk as well. Yeah, because – yeah, yeah, All right, good. I'm, I'm glad I got him right. Cause you, were, you were on that pod whenever I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I couldn't remember Kevin Herter because I couldn't remember really say <laughs> Vincenzo. That's, that's, that's why we're good co-hosts, man. But um, just to look at our longest road trip, it is January 20th to the 27th. Um, it's a West Coast swing with Minnesota – as the cherry on top, it starts at the LA Lakers on ESPN, of course, at Phoenix, which won't be nationally televised, at Sacramento, which will be on NBA TV, at Golden State, which is on ESPN, of course, and it finishes off at Minnesota on NBA TV. That is our longest road trip. It is five games. That's pretty common as your longest of the season. I'm glad it's not like six or seven, anything too, too outrageous. But what do you, how do you see us? Um, you know, I, I don't want to like predict it or anything because it's so far away, but just how do you feel about, you know, five games being our longest road trip? And that's like you said, best case scenario, because you don't want, I said seven initially because I thought I counted seven, but mm-hmm. clearly, clearly massive struggle in certain points of the I, day, but uh, yeah, it, is, it is five. Yeah, I think it's five. No, yeah. it's five. Okay. Yeah. Um, five, five's definitely doable. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done it before. Um it's honestly going to be one of those situations where you're kind of grateful that you don't have the Miami or the Atlanta type games in there. Cause those are kind of the games where people tend to enjoy the scenery and enjoy the uh, vacation more than they do. the game. Yeah. So they kind of come out, kind of come out slow. So luckily I don't think we have too much of a concern where it comes to those games, but uh, I, the fact that four of the five are televised is just still awesome to me. Cause like, I remember I was talking with my coworker today and uh, I was like, over under we get 15 games on national tv he was like i kind of want to take the over he was like and what's funny is the fact that we only had seven last year like i I can't emphasize that enough like we should have been on tv more than we were last year but we went from seven to including the nba tv games to 28 yeah it's just wild and the ones we got flexed in were so incredibly frustrating because 
We got flexed in one against Boston in Boston. And leading up to that was the San Antonio 52-point John Morant what-the-hell game where he hit the half-court shot yeah. and ended, you know, assassinated Pirtle. And then that Saturday, <laughs> we flew up to Chicago. No, 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 no. The game before that, we flew up to Chicago, and he had 46. So he had 46, 52 on that Monday, and we played Boston that Thursday. And, of course, we get our ass kicked. But, I mean, John, a couple yeah. of months, of course. But still, it was it was just frustrating. It was like, why couldn't you put us on, like, you know, on the Saturday night ABC against Chicago whenever it was, like, an overtime exactly. game? Uh, yeah, exactly. Hopefully, I mean, with 18 opportunities, if you want to count the NBA TV, 28 opportunities, I think we'll, we'll put on a show once or twice. Yeah, I think people, people will tune in a few times and uh, get to – enjoy what we've enjoyed for 82 games the past few seasons so it's yeah. definitely going to be different um but man i'm so excited like and just the fact that the next game is the first game we're going to see jalen brunson yes. uh, in in the in the m uh get to see what we look like i think it's gonna be a good game despite the fact that the knicks are kind of like still a few question marks because they're still involved in donovan mitchell stuff which did start back up um but man, I couldn't be more excited because like there's so many good games just like trickled in everywhere. So like, exactly, man, we're we're gonna have so much to talk about, and it's not even funny. Facts and like the thing about that Knicks game, it's 100% going to be the Jalen Brunson Nick preview with that hundred million dollar pressure. So it's gonna be interesting for that. And even going into yeah. the preseason, like the like the home opener there is Orlando Magic, like Paulo's first ever NBA game. Like that's exciting as hell, in my opinion too. So there's just a ton to be excited about with this schedule. Um, the Desmond Bain interview, talking about that, it gets me excited about can he possibly be an all-star this year? Because, I mean, he did take a leap. What I think he – was it 19 or 18? What did he average last year? Do you remember? I want to say he went from 9 to 18. Because oh, um, right. I, I remember it being a nine-point jump. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, obviously his three-point percentage was still like – outrageous like in the 40s 45 ish somewhere in there which is insane and mm-hmm. obviously got his first ever uh three-point contest uh con- contesting because i obviously didn't win but uh yeah yeah this guy's the limit for desmond main too because he can I- just keep getting better exactly i can see him sneaking into like the like the lower 20s too and if we're if we got a really really good record i mean it's hard to keep him out of it when you whenever you throw andrew wiggins in there and he had the same numbers as desmond bain last year so i'm still took the words right out of my mouth yeah yeah you literally took the words right out of my mouth (laughs) chris vernon's tweet on that was absolutely hilarious last year for those of you don't know chris vernon whenever andrew wiggins was starting in the all-star game he wasn't like saying it because Anybody thought Desmond Bain should have been an all-star last year? None of us think that. We just don't think yeah. Wiggins should have been either. But he tweeted, player A put his numbers, you know, at all-star regular 17 points, blah, 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 blah. Player B, 17 points, blah, blah, blah. And all the numbers matched up. And it said, and then he put underneath it, player A is starting in the all-star game, and player B is in his second year for the Memphis Grizzlies. And he was talking about Desmond Bain. So it was just like, what the hell? Like, nobody thinks that yeah. that should even be an all-star. But why yeah. is Wiggins – it's because he plays for the Warriors. It was just annoying. But Exactly. And you could have even went a step further and be like, player A makes 20-something million dollars a year. Player B makes $1.5 million a year. <laughs> so. Exactly. Dude, I was listening to something interesting with them. Um, it was like – it was Pick a Side podcast on YouTube. They do a great job too. But it was 
it was basically like the Warriors are going to have to make a decision here very, very soon because of the max contract situation with Steph Curry. You're going to have to give Clay Thompson one. You're going to have to give Jordan Poole one. Draymond Green, even if you don't give him the max, you're going to have to pay him a ton. And Andrew Wiggins is probably going to be the odd man out there because if if you're the Warriors organization, you're going to listen to Steph, and obviously he's going to be like, we need to keep Dre, we need to keep Clay." And Jordan Poole is a guy that the front office is married to because they drafted and it's homegrown there. Andrew Wiggins is probably going to be gone from the Warriors within the next couple of years. I just think that's really interesting. I know this is a Grizzlies podcast, but I just wanted to see get your opinion on it. No, yeah, 1,000% because – and it will probably come back up when we do our preview of their division. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, they're really getting in the situation where they're going to have to pick and choose. I mean, because you can't pay everyone. Um, and you drafted guys like Kaminga, Poole, Moses Moody, James Wiseman, who we really haven't gotten to see very much of. But mm-hmm. you're getting into that situation where you're like, do we want to keep keep the guys that are 32, 33, 34? Mm. Or do we want to bank on kind of these young guys progressing and kind of being what those guys are, or maybe even better? Uh, they're definitely in a sticky situation. And what's crazy is like, where as much as we make fun of like Andrew Wiggins being an all star, Andrew Wiggins was really, really good defensively. Huge for in the finals. Uh, exactly. And so, like, that's super underrated. Um, and that's a part of why he was so good for them. Cause, like, and this isn't a knock on Clay, but like, coming back from those two injuries, your defense isn't as – you're not as quick. I mean, that's just kind of – I hate to say it, but an Achilles and an ACL really do mess with your speed because mm-hmm. you just had two massive surgeries on a leg. Like, Absolutely. you're not going to be the same same guy. Yes, you can still shoot because that's all form and just mental and stuff like that. But, like, defense is harder to stay in front of quick guards if, if you've had that many knees things. So – and this is by no means me saying I'd take Andrew Wiggins over Clay Thompson. Because obviously they've had very different careers, but it's going to be a question for the Warriors organization: Is it worth keeping the guy that's won us four championships and been here this whole time, or is it better to take the guy that's a little bit younger? He's really coming to his own with this team, and, and he might be here a little bit longer. I mean, it, it's these are tough questions for them, and like I said, um, we'll we'll go deep deep dive into them when we get to their uh, preview, but like. They've got some tough questions uh, mm. to answer in the upcoming years. Oh, for sure. And you're not crazy at all because one guy on that podcast literally went to as far to say as I would not pay Clay Thompson and I would pay Andrew Wiggins like that. It, it's yeah. not it's not as crazy as it seems, especially after last year. Hopefully Clay can write the ship. But I mean, we'll end the conversation with how they ended it. Like they'll they'll never split up Steph and Clay for as long as that franchise happens, even if they should or not. But I, I know we didn't talk about this in prep, but just off dome, um, not a give me like an exact number after looking at this Grizzly schedule that comes to mind for a win total for our Memphis Grizzlies. What were we last year? We were fifty six wins. I believe. Six. Yeah, fifty six and twenty six. I, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. If we're wrong about that, I'm sorry, y'all. If y'all know that. Yeah, sorry. I think it's 56, um, though. First number that popped into my head, if I'm going to be 1,000% honest with you, was 52 and 30. Okay. Um, and I, by all means, I hope I'm wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I would be A-OK if we break the Warriors record for best regular season. 
Hey, okay with it. Yeah. And y'all can hate on me all you want for being like, oh, you said 52 and 30. But to be honest, I mean, I'm sticking with my guns. That is a tougher schedule. And it's because you're on so many national TV games. And you and I both know we usually prefer not playing on national TV games. Because Absolutely. We got our butts kicked like 90 times out of 10. And we were like, oh, we'd be texting during all of them. Like, damn it. Like, we know how good this like, team is. Yeah. Like, world, we would be man. like, why can't we play like we did literally last night when we weren't on national TV and now we're playing on national TV with everyone watching and we're getting creamed. It's like one of those things. So obviously we'll have a little bit better of a record this next year with how many games we have, hopefully, but I'm going to go 52 and 30. I feel like that's a reasonable thing, but as we say, probably more often than not, I will never put a ceiling on this team. They can do. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel, I feel the exact same way. I'm even going to go more negative than you are. I saw I was reading an article from BR today and it, it said at the bottom because it was going through the highlights of their schedule and everything and the outlook on it. And it said at the bottom projected record. And I never agree with articles. I never have because I mean, the projections on us have been so wrong for the longest but it said yeah. 49 and 33. And I was like, that sounds pretty damn realistic to me with Jaron out. Yeah. Even if he is back by mid November, we're used to playing without him, you know, having Kyle slide in that four position. And even then we're 500 just with the questionable with who's playing the four can BC fit next to SA. I don't know. Losing D'Anthony Melton and all those, his deflections and hustle plays. It's going to be a tough, tough ship, and Jaw's going to have to carry us, and I, I think he can keep us afloat, but I don't know if it's going to lead to a 51 season. So I, I think 49 and 33. I got to change my answer. All right. We're going 82 and 0. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that we, let's just end the podcast now. That's a good way to end it. I think it's a good way to end it. <laughs> if, if, I was, if I was holding my mic, I would have dropped it, but uh, I couldn't really do that. But, Imagine Jalen Brunson drops like 70 in his Nick debut and like we lose the first game. <laughs> first game, ESPN oh, at 6.30 on uh, the second day of the season. Yeah, Jalen Brunson comes in, drops crushed, 80. Yeah. yeah, we get we a fly tough, to Houston. Tough scene. Yeah, we fly to Houston. Two two days later, Jalen Green drops 40 ball on us. All right, we're, we're getting into – I'm getting into the next one. <laughs> it's been too fun. 82-0. 82-0, baby. That, that's our final prediction. Coop, thank you so much, bro. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too, buddy.